Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jax 47. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today we have Kristen King with CK Creations. Kristen, thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. Hi, it's nice to be here. (laughs) And you do all sorts of things. Um artist related design related uh tell us a little more about you know what you do and what what got you into this business yeah so ck creations is a one-stop design shop so like you said i'm an artist and designer and i specialize in small business branding full service wedding imitation design and calligraphy and art-based products to sell at markets and retail So my ultimate goal um, with everything that I do is to make um, art attainable for all and for each client to have a curated and personalized experience. You've got your elevator pitch down, I see. (laughs) (laughs) I say it enough. What what is it that you do? (laughs) And uh, you got to have your your 20-second spiel. But really, you know, I say I'm a one-stop design shop. I do it all. You know, anything that you can... um, Anything that you can think of uh, that's design or art related, I kind of had my hand in the pot. Well, we had another calligrapher slash designer on the podcast, Bethany with Joy Unscripted. And it was interesting to hear her story and how she got started. Uh, I'm always curious about how people, you know, get into the wedding business or just start any business, you know, how that begins. It's an interesting story usually. So just curious how you went about it. What got you into the wedding industry and you know, how did you get to where you are right now? I love this question. Uh, so it's really, uh, a two part answer because there is the, how I got into the wedding industry answer. And there is the, how I started my business answer. And both of those kind of were, going simultaneously at the same time. So the short answer for how I got into the wedding industry is that my mom is a wedding planner. She has been a wedding planner for over 30 years and um, she's currently like doing, I think one of her last weddings at Fount Coffee in Raleigh um, like this month for one of my good friends. And so growing up around, you know, her seeing her in the Uh, industry seeing, you know, I would actually come and help her be her assistant for the day, kind of learning the ins and outs of weddings. I felt like I began to like enjoy and have a love for the behind the scenes of not even just weddings, but events and kind of seeing how everything came together. But for me, I've always been a very artistic and visual person. And so I loved the idea of being able to help curate the style and the branding and the color scheme and, you know, match the formality. And that kind of took shape as far as being a wedding designer. Um, With calligraphy and with my business, uh, I really got started um, when I was interning. I went to design school at NC State and I was interning on NC State's campus at a marketing uh, department. And um, it was really neat because, I, you know, we always, we've told this story probably 10 or 15 times, like over the course of when I was actually working there, because my bosses loved to tell the story. 
Um, I was in design school and I was helping out with just the events specifically for the dining hall and uh, in this marketing department. And my boss approached me and said, hey, our creative director um, sees that you're in design school and like wants to know if you want to be a graphic design intern. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm in school for design studies, which is an interdisciplinary design degree. Um, I don't really have any skills, uh, like doing graphic design at all, but like, I, you know, I'm definitely interested. Um, but I just don't know if like she would want that. And she came back and responded and said, you know, as long as you have a great eye, like we can teach you those skills. Like we, you know, that's like the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point I was actually already doing calligraphy for their events. So I was doing, um, like these chalkboard signs for their outdoor events and they loved those. And I actually got to keep doing those chalkboard events or signs for the events, um, all throughout the entirety of my internship. Um, so one thing that I always like attribute to the way that I structured my business is that they always let me grow my skills and like what I was good at. And they never limited me from doing that. So while I was learning design skills, graphic design, the Adobe creative suite, while I was doing, you know, um, I worked on like projects for Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, um, and a lot of other places around campus. Um, and I got to kind of experiment with what it was like to, um, you know, tailor the design to specific branding and specific brands and styles, but then also keeping it under the hub of NC state, Mm -hmm. um, and NC state branding. And that was really neat. And then I was also being able to start work doing social media for them doing like I rebranded their social media pages and like told them, you know, like, Hey, like we probably need to stop using these like pick stitched like photos. We need to, you know, like make match the quality of the design work that you're doing with the photos that you're, you know, the content that you're producing. And then I kept doing calligraphy and I also like dabbled in photography and would do a few photography, like, you know, take a little bit of photos for the events, um, which got me some like photo projects in the very beginning when I was starting my business. And I always say that, you know, like that was a huge factor for me in starting CK Creations. But the real story is I started CK Creations in high school um, with (laughs) a um, a group of girls, my girlfriends, um, doing custom Sharpie shoes. So I was actually doing like custom shoes and I would have a design consultation with them and ask them all their favorite things, all their favorite colors. And it really started that way. And I sold like over 40 pairs of shoes. Like it was like a good little chunk of change, um, in high school. And it was really just for fun. Um, but that all those kinds of things, I feel like all of these experiences I've had, uh, lead me to where I am now, because like I said, I was able to grow those design skills and I was also able to see the importance of branding and I was able to learn weddings and like calligraphy and grow my skill in calligraphy. And I kind of feel like all of those things just kind of made sense as far as, um, being able to, um, service a client. So I love the idea of waking up and doing something different with design every single day, because I feel like that keeps my, uh, creativity and my imagination, you know, going, um, if I was doing the same thing every single day, I feel like I would probably burn out or I'd probably not be as excited anymore, but I love the idea of taking on new projects and also 
like customizing invitation suites to like each individual bride and groom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a long winded answer, but <laughs> luckily you're following in your mom's footsteps in a way. A little bit. Right? Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, keep, you know, keeping it uh, in the family somewhat. And I love the story about the Sharpie shoes. Um, yeah. how cool is that? <laughs> so did you start CK creations straight out of college? Like, did you parlay your experience at NC state into the business or did you do something else for a while before you started? So, yes. So I also had a lot going on with school and I was like leading a Bible study. I was design council president. Like I was in all these things at one time and I just overloaded myself and I, you know, kind of took a step back and I was like, what, what is that I really want to do right now? And what would really make me happy? And it was like, I want to be like working for myself. So I left school and I like started applying for like corporate jobs. And I started trying to figure out like at the time, started trying to figure out like what I, if I could get a job um, doing what I'm doing, doing graphic design. And I applied for all these jobs. And there was this one man specifically, he was like the dad of this girl that I went to youth group with. He was like, yeah, I recognized your name. And I wanted to bring you in for your interview because your calligraphy is really cool. He was like, and we could like definitely use that. He was like, but I just don't think that you have the experience that we're looking for. Like, I don't think that you can, you know, uh, we'll be able to take on this role. And, you know, so, but he was like encouraging me. So I kind of felt like almost as all of my like no's were lining up and I was getting all these no's, it was push, still pushing me in that direction of, well, you want to work for yourself. So why don't you just work for yourself? So I always say, you know, I started CK Creations for real, you know, in 2000, end of 2016, beginning of 2017 with $800 in my bank account. And I just went for it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. (laughs) And oftentimes we start because we're uncomfortable with our situation. Right. Yes. It's not, it's not exactly. like we're, we're doing great and we're flourishing. We're like, oh, we'll start a business. It's usually like, oh, I hate my job or <laughs> I need to do something else or whatever. You know, it's it's a big internal push usually. So um, I, got Absolutely. Along, I mostly get along with entrepreneurs and business owners and then other other folks because it's like a, you, we all get it. You know, like you get it. All the other people on the podcast get it. Um, the hustle. The hustle. Well, hopefully <laughs> not for too long. I'm trying to build it so I don't have to hustle all the time. But the first few years, I think you should. I think, you know, any business owner should really work hard those first three to five years, Mm -hmm. but hopefully systemize it so that they can uh, step back at some point. Absolutely. That's kind of like where I'm at my business right now. Yeah. You're at the point of what? Being able to step back? I'm I'm trying to do like I'm still obviously still doing design work every single day, but I am definitely like building products and like building, um, you know, relationships with retailers, um, to be able to have, you know, I have right now I have two retailers, um, one wholesaler who I am like putting my products in their, in their store and selling my products in their store. And pre COVID, I wanted to have seven boutiques, seven stores around Raleigh, around the Raleigh area that sold my work. And I wanted to kind of be able to have that stream of passive income as I continued to service clients, as I continued to do this, but that would make me be able to, you know, focus on the design where I build out my business. Um, oh, I was just saying, yeah. So I, that was my goal was like to get into like pre COVID to get into seven boutiques 
and um, to create a stream of passive income so that I could continue to focus on like building out CK Creations and also servicing my branding clients and my wedding clients. So do you want to branch out to have designers on your team? Is that where you're headed is to be to employ others or are you going to stick with the solopreneur route? So the, the formal um, name of CK Creations is CK Creations Design Company. So the ultimate goal would definitely be to have people on my team. I do already have um, about uh, three girls who kind of rotate in and out. Um, so I have one girl who is my production assistant. So she helps with, um, you know, day-to-day, um, you know, printing, mailing, stuffing envelopes, um, running errands. She's done a few markets for me. She, she kind of is my like go-getter mm-hmm. doer. And then I have um, kind of a production systems manager who has really kind of helped me to develop like better systems in the way that I do work. Um, to be able to, like, I've started doing like block scheduling of like working on, um, only like certain types of projects throughout the week. So like Tuesdays and Thursdays are my studio days where I'm exclusively in studio painting or working on, you know, like calligraphy or something hands on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Monday is my admin day. So usually I'm, you know, trying to get things, loose ends tied up, answering emails, things like that. Um, Wednesday and Fridays are kind of more like my graphic design. So that's kind of graphic design slash wedding day, um, where I'm focusing on branding or weddings, um, and kind of getting things tied up on the computer as far as like designing goes. Um, and then Saturday, Fridays tend to uh, be market prep day too, whenever I have a market on Saturdays. Well, I love that you are regimented. I'm horrible at organizing my time. Like you're like, it doesn't, stay for this. Is it, like that's, I love right? it. That's, that's, great. that's the goal. That's the goal. But yeah, the ultimate goal definitely would be like, it's just whether or not I could release the, um, you know, the delegate and, and, and allow another designer. I just would have to find the right designer who would be willing to learn from me and who would also have a similar style to me. Um, and I'm still definitely working on like the logistics of like, what that would even look like and you know would that service my clients i think that's like the biggest answer is like would it do justice to my clients so right now i think the answer is having these project production assistants studio assistant Mm -hmm. um coming and helping helping with markets helping with printing helping with the things that are behind the scenes that really helps me and in turn that gives me time to work and focus more on my design efforts so that has been the answer to my, you know, the answer to my problem mm-hmm. or to my growth for now. And then eventually, yes, I would love to be able to have another graphic designer at least underneath me. Um, so I can kind of take, take on them, continue to take on the more CEO creative director role. Well, I think that's uh, an important thing to consider when starting a business is if you're able to, let go of the control and delegate and hire because that's in my opinion the only way to really build a long-term business like you can't do the same thing for 10 years straight like it's gonna you're gonna burn out you know yep absolutely as you evolve as a not only a business owner but a human (laughs) you need to delegate those roles that no longer fit you 
in regards to either skill set or desirability on your end, right? And so, absolutely. Um, and I see a lot of people that not that they fail to to do that because if it's not their goal, then they're not failing. <laughs> but right. they don't. Uh, you know, they they're building a business that revolves completely around them. And so, if they got sick, if they wanted to take a long break or whatever, the business would not be able to function. And Absolutely. in my, my opinion, it's not really a, a business anymore. It's just another job. <laughs> like if you can't, it's a job you can't leave. Absolutely. But, and I 100% agree. And I feel like that's kind of the point where I'm at right now, where I'm working very hard, um, you know, multiple days a week and Saturdays. And, and I, up until I told you earlier, um, before we got on the interview, before I decided to really take, you know, ownership of my health, I was, you know, sometimes even working on Sundays, it's hard for us as business owners to delegate um, and also to, um, you know, have that work-life balance when we're constantly getting emails or suggestions, um, you know, uh, inquiries, things like that in our inboxes. We want to be able to take on those things and we want to be able to say yes and, and communicate. But the reality of the situation is, like exactly like what you said, like a business can only function if the, if the business owner is in good health. And the only way that the business owner can be in good health is to have other people who are running the business for them. So they can take that break and then also explore other options of expanding the business. But that, that to me is like this, that's been the scariest part for sure of like figuring out the logistics of like payroll and like taxes. And that is like, out of my element. And I had a, um, I had a business coach that I talked to last year. Uh, and she told me, you know, if you're, if there's something that you're avoiding in your business, then you need to delegate it. Like you need to just hire out, like hire a contractor to work on that part of the business for you. If there's something that you're not wanting to do, because she said, your time is valuable and your skills are valuable, obviously, or no one would want to pay you for it. But if that's something that you don't want to focus on, then don't focus your energy on it. Then, mm-hmm. then that's where you want to spend your money, giving it to a professional who can do that for you. I totally agree. There's a book that's on my bookshelf <laughs> and it's called Free to Focus by Michael something, Michael Hyatt. And he creates a quadrant and I, my regular listeners will you know, they can skip past this because I talk about it all the time. But the quadrant has, you know, obviously four sections. And one end of this, you know, of the quadrant is you fill in what you're good at and what you like doing. And on the opposite is what you're bad at and you don't like doing. And you need to immediately delegate that section. Um, because if you do the things that you're not good at, that you don't like, you're only going to disappoint people and you're going to burn out. So... I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, it costs money, but you have to look past that <laughs> into the future where you're doing the things you like and what you're good at. You, know? you got to make money to spend You got to spend money to make money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what they say. And for me, it's a matter of faith that, you know, in that uh, the business will continue to flourish, you know, spending that money because it, at a at first, it's hard to think like, oh, I'm going to drop, you know, $500 or $1,000 or whatever to someone where I think I could do it, you know. Uh, 
but if I'm not, as I said, if I'm not good at it and I don't like it, I need to delegate that stuff. And as do, you know, as does every business owner, in my opinion. Uh, yes. So I, we totally skipped past the most important question, which <laughs> is uh, what's your favorite beverage at the moment? So oh. I at the beginning, but I forgot to. So I was wondering what you're sipping on these days. Can I give um, more than one answer? <laughs> uh, Kristen, it's what, your favorite. My absolute favorite. <laughs> no, you can give. I you can give multiple answers. That's fine. Okay, so I am a champagne girl. I do love bubbles. Okay. I love a good bubbly tart, but like still a little bit sweet rosé, like a good like brute rosé. I'm so about that, especially in the summer. And I am a collector of glassware. I used to say I'm a mug collector, but uh, it has expanded uh, into my bar cart. (laughs) And I love vintage glassware. So I think another reason why I like love bubbles so much too is because I have these beautiful champagne flutes of all different shapes and sizes. And I love being able to like I love, and I, I'm an aesthetics girl. I love the, the aesthetic of, and that fits my brand. I love the aesthetics of being able to like sip on a bubbly pink drink in my little vintage champagne flute. Um, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And okay. And then also like my favorite, like summer go-to like all around drink. Like I drink this like throughout the year is trophy wife by trophy. What is that the lager or it's the Blondale? They say it's like the Bud Light of yeah craft beer. It's their <laughs> yeah, it's their American lager. Um, oh no no no, it's the Session IPA. Oh, okay. Mort's is the lager that you're thinking of, I think. Oh, so their yeah. Trophy Wife is a Session IPA. It's a Session Single Hop IPA. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what about in the wintertime? In the wintertime, I am definitely drinking a good red. I'm also drinking red throughout the year. Um, I love, I love Cab Sav. I love, I'm actually getting into Pinot lately. Um, so I'm dipping into Pinot Noirs. Um, I will drink a Malbec. I studied abroad in Italy, so I like am obsessed with Chianti. Mm-hmm. I will have a Chianti. I love like a good, like salty, like, Chianti, like a good, like dry Chianti. Um, Montepulciano. You don't see Chiantis anymore, really, like on menus. Yeah, Da Vinci is like my favorite, like store bought brand for Chianti. Um, but I've, I've, I've really exclusively been buying my wines from Trader Joe's. Like, judge me if you want, but. Yeah, and I love Chianti. Oh, you know, a good place in, in Raleigh that does have it is, uh, I know we're like speaking to everyone all over. There's this, my favorite Italian restaurant in Raleigh is called Cafe Luna. And, and they also are in the wedding industry. They do weddings there as well. It's this charming little place and they have Chianti on the menu. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just picked up uh, some wine at, here in Asheville at one of our wine bars. It's called Bo- Bottle Riot. Mm-hmm. They they're one of those wine bars that has just like all sorts of styles, like orange wines and you know pet nat and all that stuff. So it's the wine now. It's like I feel like wine is kind of the new craft beer 
you know, yeah, and into the natural wines and wine bars are popping up. And, um, I'm curious as to what's after that though. Maybe rum will make a comeback. Well, um, <laughs> meaderies, like, like people are loving yeah like mead too so another place just opened up over here called the bearded bee and it's a brewery and also a meadery um and it's in like this little small town called wendell Hmm. and they also have kombucha there i'm pretty sure too well i'll have to come down and check that out yeah come on down a little trip uh my favorite wine shop is currently still closed um, because of COVID and it's called Vita Vite and they have like the most beautiful, uh, well-rounded curated wine collection that I've ever experienced. They do such a good job and she loves to travel. So she's literally traveling. She's pre COVID. She'd be traveling like throughout the year and like picking up these wines from these cute little small wine shops, like all around the country, all around the, all around the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Well, so you're in the triangle. Where exactly yes. are you in the truck? Where do you live in the triangle? So I am in downtown Raleigh. I am about 10 minutes right into the city center of downtown. So I'm kind of over near NC state. Um, but I'm in this like cute little neighborhood. I was actually joking with my friend on our walk the other day that it was, um, a very interesting mix of, um, the locals, that walk down to Cup of Joe, the um, college students, and the um, people who have been there forever or who have inherited uh, a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's these gorgeous houses that are like right, you know, right in the back. But then there's this monstrosity of an apartment complex that just went up right next to my house. So you get an uh, interesting mix of people right in where I'm at. Nice. Yeah, I like that. It's good to have some diversity. So Kristen, let's go back to weddings. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, the process of working with you, you know, so when someone inquires and ends up booking with you, how do you start figuring out what all their uh, artwork slash calligraphy slash invitations are going to look like? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, however they inquire, um, it always ends up going back to email. So whether or not they go through my website or whether or not they go through my Instagram, I always refer them to my email and I send them my wedding packages. So I've created a PDF document that's got, um, you know, my preset packages that are like kind of my suggesteds of what I think that you, you know, every wedding, um, is different, of course, but, um, here are the typical weddings I tend to see and here are the patterns I tend to see. And, you know, some of them include a say the date, some of them include calligraphy, some of them include day of signage. And it really also is just based on your budget, your needs. So the first thing I really do after I send them my, my package with my PDF, I also have an a la carte section too, which in- covers like artwork, wedding crest, live wedding painting, and little add-ons that you can add on separately. Mm -hmm. Um, But after I send them that document, I say, hey, let's schedule uh, a phone call so we can chat further about uh, which package you think that you might need. And I'm happy to answer any questions and kind of just walk through your wedding with you and kind of give you my expertise. Now, you don't have to take it, you know, um, you can pick whichever package you want. um, But I, I feel that whenever I do get on the phone with clients, I'm able to kind of walk them through, um, 
what their wedding looks like and what they probably they would need based on the formality, the style, um, all of that. So the first thing that we do is we secure their wedding package or we secure what's what their needs are going to be. Um, and we go ahead and set them up with um, the contract and the payment plan and all of that. And then we have a follow-up conversation that is exclusively just for their design consultation. And with any package that you book with me, you get a free design consultation and you also get print consultation. So the print consultation, how's, what's, what's that compared to the design? So, yeah. So um, I'm glad you asked that because I was like, I can keep going. <laughs> um, so, cause I just love, I love talking about this stuff too. Um, so they includes, like I said, it includes a print consultation and what, and uh, design consultation. So with all of my packages, um, they are all design-based pricing. Nothing is print-based pricing, but I have added a third sheet onto my document that I send over that is um, suggested printed printing pricing based off the type of printing that you want. So that's another thing that I like to consult my brides on is depending on the formality of their wedding, depending on the style or the look that they're going for we can accommodate really any budget. You know, my pricing doesn't, my pricing doesn't change for calligraphy for, um, wedding invitation design or things like that. But, you know, there is some flexibility when it comes to printing costs. So I have a local printer that I use, um, who's really great for, you know, digital printing, um, really simplistic. Um, and then I have two, uh, one in Winston and one in like, I want to say like Wisconsin, like Midwest. Um, who are bespoke printing and they are phenomenal at, you know, like white ink and like embossing and um, gold foil and like letterpress and like the really beautiful, like authentic, like old style of printing quality tactile. Yeah. Love that. Um, And that's where I start nerding out about paper because I just love like, yeah, I, they sent me all their paper samples and I just like love looking at everything that they, they do. And um, so basically I have those all laid out, but based on the style that they're going for, they'll send me, you know, a few Pinterest options, a few ideas. And then I will kind of tell them what I think is like going to work design wise for like their colors and like their style and all of that and kind of guide them through. And I also give every client when they're doing a bespoke imitation, I give them all like 10 to like, I say like five to 10 in iterations. So versions of the invitation um, based on what we've decided from the design consultation. So this is within their style, but it's a few different options for them to look at, for them to choose from, and then they can make edits from there. So that's all included in their package. Hmm. So when you're working with folks and doing all this, all the work behind the scenes, uh, what's your biggest challenge? I would say communication and which is like, everybody's like, Oh, that's really bad. Uh, <laughs> communication and just budgeting time. Like we talked about that earlier. Um, as I am in, increasingly growing busier and, you know, I'm booking up, more. Um, I have lots of different types of clients who are reaching out to me on any given day and any different platform, which yes, I love that. I love that people can reach me on Instagram, email, phone, but it's 
growing increasingly harder to respond back in a timely manner. So I try to set myself up for success. And once they book the um, initial package, I give them, we go through the timeline right away. So that's really helped me out a lot. And that's really helped them a lot too, to know when things are coming down the pipeline, when they can expect things from me, when they can expect communication from me. And if they were to send me an email before that time period, I'm still going to respond, but it might not be, you know, right away because that's not like, it's not what's on the docket of what needs to be done. So that's kind of like my biggest struggle, I would say. Mm, Yeah. I just added a clause in my contract saying that my preferred method of communication is email because I can search through it. Uh, I'm at my computer a lot and I'm just, you know, going through emails. Whereas if they text me, that's not in the project notes. That's not something I can search through. Goes right out the window. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I say, you know, if you need to, here is my number and you can, you know, text or call if, if needed. But if you want to talk about the wedding, please email me because, or to set up a call, you know, and then I'll take notes. But if I just get called and I'm driving that I'm not going to be able to remember or take notes. Right. And so. Absolutely. And for design, like stuff, especially like I need to have it written down because I have so many clients that I'm doing custom design projects for. And so all that information, you're exactly right. It needs to be an email. It needs to be in a physical location and also needs to all have their name on it. So I know when I'm pulling up their file in quotations that I know exactly what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And, uh, I know who I'm talking to. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think that having a good contract and a good client onboarding process and being really upfront about all that is super important for the client's benefit. You know, it's like, I don't have a contract just for me. It's for, (laughs) it's for the clients and the couples that hire me so that they know exactly what they're going to get and how things are going to roll if there's a cancellation or whatever, you know? So I think some people start out with like really loose contracts, which I think is a mistake. I think you, you know, want to make it as comprehensive as possible from the get go uh, rather than trying to upgrade and improve it as time goes on, which we're going to do anyway. Right. I mean, that's part of the right. of running right. business is improving things, but I just, I see people say, you know, venues say, Oh, we don't, you know, new venues will say, Oh, we don't require you to have a wedding coordinator. And it's like, don't do like stop. <laughs> you know, like every venue should have an onsite either manager or require a day of coordinator. Like, I think that's just, you know, bare bones, minimum service to ensure yes. a good day. And so I agree. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of, what a lot of uh, venues are doing now too, is that they're like, you can have your own, but you need to like, they need to be vetted. Yeah. Like, yeah. any, like my, my, my mom doesn't like, she doesn't have a website or anything like that. Like for her business. Cause she's been doing it for so long and she's like very much like referral based. Like she, she like is very selective about the brides that she takes on. Yeah. Um, a lot of them actually have come from me now too, which is, kind of, we, we joke about that, um, about us sharing business back and forth. Um, but exactly right. Like, you know, that she has, even she has to get vetted. She, you know, she's like, Hey, I've been doing this for 30 years, but I understand like, you know, working with a new venue, like, but I 100% agree with you. And that is because it's drilled into my head from my mother. Um, a wedding would not function without a wedding coordinator. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you are the DIY planner type and you want to do all that legwork, 
you know, beforehand, great. But the day of, someone professional needs to be there making sure it all is moving um, as planned, you know. So that's one thing I've learned. I, I didn't think much, you know, to be totally honest, I didn't think much about wedding planners before I started the business. I was like, what do they even do? <laughs> you know, what like wedding coordinators and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't see what they're, I don't understand what their role is. But then I did a wedding or a few weddings without them where things were going <laughs> wrong. And I was like, oh, that's why, you know, like you have no point person, you have no person of contact to talk to. Well, and it's, you know, I think a lot of people underestimate the reality of a wedding, which is a super important, hopefully once in a lifetime event that involves multiple vendors from <laughs> multiple <laughs> vendors from all different businesses, you know, so it's not like a restaurant where every aspect of the service is under one roof. It's a wedding where the caterer is one business, the bar might be another, right? In my case, uh, there's a photographer, there's uncles that are pulling up late, there's, you know, <laughs> days and, you know, Ferris wheels and all sorts of stuff. So let's say, yes, my mom is very good at putting out fires. Let's say that she's, she's phenomenal at um, maintaining control under a really s- stressful situation. Well, she should come on the podcast. I'd love to. I'll, I'll ask her on. She has so much <laughs> advice, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Part of this, part of the reason I started this uh, was not only to showcase awesome wedding vendors, but also to help teach couples and also vendors more about weddings uh, and that really kind of the behind the scenes, you know? Because a lot of the wedding industry is very front facing. So you see like all the beautiful images and all the wonderful food items you know like what you see is like the end result and a lot of people don't know about everything that's going on behind the scenes not only at the wedding but way before that you know i mean some people i think try to schedule their weddings maybe like six months a year out to find out their venue their desired venue is booked out for another two years you know so like I, i want this to be educational for everyone so that we can create really a better industry right? Because it is a cool, and I think having, uh, but the problem is it's, it can be easy to get into (laughs) the barrier to entry into the wedding industry is rather low for what it is. You can grab a camera, go buy a, you know, $2,000 camera and call yourself a wedding photographer. Right. Right. And, and, and the logistics and the formalities, uh, are, um, there, there are a lot of, and if you're, if you've never even like been to a wedding before and you jump in and you're a wedding photographer all of a sudden then you know my obviously my mom again my mom has dealt with a lot of those kinds of things and I wouldn't know I wouldn't know the formalities or the logistics I I don't think if I didn't kind of put in that work before and I didn't understand exactly like what you said like how many how much goes into it all the vendors that you have to coordinate like she has like several packages where she you know one of them is just the vendor coordination so like different tiers. So it's either I'm planning your wedding from start to finish, or I'm doing your vendor coordination, or I'm also, and then all of them include her day of coordination as well. But like vendor coordination, communicating with the vendors before is such a um, needed service. In my opinion, Um, I'm working with a bride right now uh, and she's got her, we've got her uh, wedding coordinator. Who's also the venue owner, who is also a photographer, which is also interesting. Um, I've seen more of these hybrids popping up lately, uh, but she's CC'd in, on all the emails and I'm like, could not be more grateful because we're just able to like converse in a very, um, real way. And, and 
also obviously bring the bride along with us. So the bride, you know, I'm not dealing, obviously, you know, you're dealing with a first time, hopefully, you know, or not, or not sometimes seconds. but most of the time you're dealing with a first time bride mm-hmm. and, you know, who has never planned a wedding before. So having a coordinator there who has planned a wedding before is really super helpful for all involved for the bridal, for the bridal party, for the mom, mother of the bride, for the groom, for the bride herself. And it's really nice to have that wedding coordinator coming alongside you and knowing what to expect from certain vendors or having that vendor communication or having that relationship with a vendor um, to better the bridal experience and also to better the vendor experience. I definitely feel like my vendor experience is 10 times better when I have a wedding coordinator involved. Yeah, well, uh, something's coming up for me right now. Um, <laughs> this, this one wedding I did last year, I just found out I found out that they had a coordinator like a week before, and it was our we started communicating a week before the wedding, and they hadn't paid for beverages yet, and she's like, "Well, I don't want to tell them that because they're already stressed about the money for the wedding, so." what can you do? I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just have to give them free beverages. <laughs> and I dropped probably, it probably cost me like three, four or $500 or whatever. I don't remember exactly. Um, but this wedding coordinator, rather if she had been involved earlier and contacted me, we would have known that the beverages weren't ordered yet. And I wouldn't have had that. Wouldn't have had that problem. So they sort of didn't ever they never paid. No, they never paid for the beverages. They paid for the bar service, but they didn't pay for the beverages. And yeah, that that is a that is a coordinator fail because I would have said, okay, you know, hey, it's right near the wedding. We they they're stressed out about the money. We can't, you know, they can't pay for it. Are they able to pay you after? Which is like still to me is like a faux pas. Yeah. Um, I would not. Uh, I have all of my clients pay me, um, they pay the 50% deposit or they work out a payment plan, but the last payment is due a month before the wedding. Exactly. And that's the same with me for my bar services, but beverages are purchased separately because it depends on guest count and it's variable, right? Um, Because they might want special beer or special cocktails. So it's all separate. And uh, it just, we had a mix up with communication, which is, you know, happens. And I'm obviously better about that now, but I was like, why didn't the wedding coordinator go like, why didn't, why is she not involved earlier on? And um, yeah, so this is like a PSA to all the planners and coordinators. Please reach out to your vendors because it just makes everything smoother. You know, like I'm talking to a wedding planner right now about a wedding this weekend and she's been very, she has a wonderful timeline and she's been in contact with me with, you know, uh, comprehensive emails. And yeah, I just think that's what, they should be doing. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm very curt on this podcast and just in general in business, but um, I love a coordinator that reaches out to me as a, as a wedding vendor. I mean, I know I'm just quote unquote, just the bar service, but it's a pretty big role for the wedding. You know, people are very excited to get free drinks. So um, right. I'm sure that's all coordinated is important. Uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago, which was the idea of the hybridization of oh yes businesses within the wedding industry. I've been a big proponent of the phrase stay in your lane or staying in your lane. 
others seem to believe more in the do as much for the couple as possible, which mm-hmm. there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I just, for me, when you start to take on multiple business verticals, right? So a vertical is photography, catering, planning, florals, bar or whatever. That's a design. design. When you're taking on um, multiple verticals, unless you have someone dedicated to each and every vertical with people underneath them to support it, right? I, I think you're going to not fail somewhere, but the quality is going to lessen somewhere. And I agree. You know, I 100% agree. But I also don't want to, you know, uh, I, like, yeah, I guess I want to... I'm not going to ever say that someone shouldn't do that, but why, why don't you think it's a great idea? <laughs> What's your opinion on this whole? Uh, yeah. It seems to be a movement lately, but I don't know if that's the case. I've only been in the business for a few years. So, so I think um, that people focusing on their craft is super important. So, you know, for me, like I've spent years focusing on my craft and I think that that pays off and that shows um, and the quality of the work that I do with my, with my wedding vendors, with all my, all my clients, but with my wedding vendors, obviously, um, they're the ones who are going to get this in this industry. I think it's, it's interesting, um, when you start mixing, like, so right now, and, and this is like a testament to her right now, the coordinator that I'm working with, I told you that had, you know, is great at communicating. I'm so impressed with her. Mm-hmm. She is, owns a wedding venue, is a coordinator for the wedding menu and is a photographer. So I met her at a wedding that I was doing calligraphy and hand lettering for. And I was like setting up the day, like the day of signage. And she was just shooting the wedding. And she was like, actually I have a wedding venue like coming down the pipeline like next year. And I would love to get your contact information to be able to use you for some weddings. And I was like, sure. Um, and then she contacted me and there, you know, people say that. And then sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out. Totally. She contacted me. She's been awesome. And I was actually honestly anxious to see how it went because she did have like a lot of, she's wearing a lot of hats and, um, she, she has been on top of everything when it comes to this couple. So I, I'm, I want to know the same thing myself. Does she have a team behind her? Does she, has she built up her photography business, mm-hmm. um, to where other people are kind of running that side of things for her? Um, how is she managing her schedule? Um, but I definitely agree with you. Um, I also just think that like, I think the huge reason why people do it is because they want to expand and like they want to grow their business and they want to fully be in the wedding industry. And so for me, I always say that I am, um, wedding adjacent. I'm a wedding vendor. Um, part, part of the time I'm not, I'm not full service wedding vendor. I don't solely rely on my income for my wedding invitation clients. Um, I love doing them and I have several brides that I do throughout the year. Um, but I am also doing other things related to design. So, um, that's kind of how I'm making my design full time. Um, I think other wedding vendors tend to think, oh, I want to be exclusively in the wedding industry. So I'm going to take on A, B, C, and D. Um, this is the requirement uh, of revenue you're saying? Yeah, I think, I think it's a financial thing almost because they're trying to grow financially and they're trying to come up with ways that they can do that. Um, I think it's one thing to own a venue, um, 
and have someone, like you said, have a point person that's a delegated point person who's doing the in and outs of everything and you're not touching it. Um, and you're continuing, like, let's say you're a photographer, you buy a wedding venue, you let someone else run it and then you continue to do your photography business or vice versa. You have an associate photographer who's taking on the majority of your work and then you focus your time during while you're ramping that up to focus on the venue. Um, but I definitely think it, it gets hairy adding multiple things to um, the docket because I feel like things definitely slip through the cracks. Well, I did it once. I took on another vertical. Can you, what guess, it, what was can you guess what it was? Um, cars. Oh, like getaway cars? <laughs> I don't know. What was it? I brought an oyster bar to a wedding. Oh, And okay. I stuffed oysters. And how was that? It went all right because there was another bar. So I brought two bartenders, myself and Sally. If Sally was having to service the entire guest by herself, that would have been a problem. But there was another bar there. So we were all right. But after that, I'm like, all right. I dipped my toes in the expanding, you know, vertical uh yeah, expanding into another vertical in a way, and I did not like the way it went. You know, it didn't it didn't look great. I was kind of flustered because I was shucking oysters, <laughs> a hundred oysters in an hour or whatever, um, and I stopped offering that as an option. So, but is that I, something that they asked for from you? Like, was it related to the type of drinks? Was it like what like what what kind of wedding was it? Well, side note, I love oysters, so I just offered it as part of my package, <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, glassware and, you know, custom bar menu and all this stuff. And then it was like oyster bar and someone took me up on it. Um, and I did it once and that was enough, you know, but I think you're right. Like if someone can dedicate themselves to, you know, that, whatever expansion, you know, and have other people running the other things or have people as support, you know, I guess that makes more sense if you can grow in that regard. Um, but it's interesting to see a lot of, you know, uh, I mean, of course, caterers have often been the bar service as well. Right. But, you know, sometimes I look at some venues where they maybe have a built-in bar, like not even a draft system, but just like a bar top. And the caterer is like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll add a bartender for like whatever, a hundred bucks or, you know, 150 or 200 or whatever they say, which is a fraction of what we charge um, because we're a full service, you know, bar company. And so it's just been like interesting for me to see that happen. People are like, oh no, we're just going to go with our caterers. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, but the caterers um, and some of them are great at that. Some of them have excellent bar service programs and do some really cool stuff. And others, I think are just, some of them just like hire their niece or nephew for the night, you know, and they're like, Hey, come on like, for this wedding work. Cause they love the catering, but they wanted to help their clients out. Right. And so they just offer that as kind of a side thing. Uh, but anyway, it's just, I always love talking to people about that. And that's what I mean by behind the scenes. You know, we're talking about things that people usually don't discuss in public. Right. And on that subject, I will point out the obvious, which is both of us in the wedding industry are not a requirement. Mm. We, some people don't choose to have their bar. Some people like, or don't choose to like yeah. hire out for a bar. Like you said, they choose to like have someone come. Take, a bar <laughs> <laughs> some, and then, and, and I've had brides who are like, I think I'm just going to get them off Etsy or get them off minted. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. 
And um, it's hard to kind of um, advocate for yourself when like someone doesn't think that it's a necessary um, add on in quotes. Yeah. Well, and that's why that's what I love about people who inquire with me on my website or that they've seen the trucks, they know what they're kind of getting into. It's not just like I'm a bar service, bartenders for hire. It's like, no, this is the whole deal. You know, we'll deliver the kegs, hook everything up, bartend, we'll bring the ice, the cups, you know, we do it all. Um, but the leads I get on like wedding wire usually are just, it's the same templated inqui- inquiry, inquiry. <laughs> and I can tell now I'm like, oh, they just... Pl- click the button on every bar service, inquire, inquire, inquire. you know, mm-hmm. they didn't actually cold, in, cold inquiries basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Cold call. Yeah. But now I barely respond to those because I'm like, do you, you know, do you even know what I do? <laughs> like not to be pompous, right. but like, do you even want a truck or do you just, do you just click the button because it was what you think you're supposed to do for the yeah. bar service? Yeah. Um, I felt the same. I feel the same way. I feel like when people come, come through my website or people come through my Instagram, it's because they've seen my style of work and they like, I mean, that's how we connected. They see the style of work and they want to inquire more about like what that process looks like, you know, what my services look like. And then from that point on, um, because they've kind of picked that style, you know, the probability that we're going to work together is really high. Um, and I prefer to work with clients who have already seen my style of work. I don't, you know, I, I feel like that's the best, that's the best, um, portfolio or, you know, um, advertisement that you can have is someone who's seen your work and values what you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's nice to have those inquiries, you know, cause they're like, Oh, we really like this color truck. We really want, you know, someone who knows, you know, knows what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, you came at the right spot. <laughs> so it's nice to get those. Kristen, what, advice would you give to couples that are looking to tie the knot either in Raleigh or up here in Asheville, anywhere in North Carolina? Um, we have listeners all over the country, but, uh, I know that, you know, our focus is definitely within this state. So what advice would you give to couples getting married? Mm, I think we've talked a lot. We've like honed in on this, uh, idea of the timeline. I think giving yourself, um, no matter you know, how long you want to wait to get married, giving yourself, um, an appropriate timeline. So going ahead and having your timeline laid out of what you need to do when, and if that means that you're hiring a wedding coordinator, which I hope you are going ahead and getting them on board, um, to go ahead and start, uh, coordinating your vendors. Um, and then for me personally, I would say the same thing. Go ahead and get your vendors booked um, and go ahead and make that first payment or go ahead and make a plan to make that first payment so that you can get those vendors that you desire and go ahead and get their timelines started too. So you have an idea of what, you know, what, what you're going to have to pay when what's coming down the pipeline. Um, And that way you won't have really any questions because you'll know exactly what's due when and what you're going to be focusing on each month. that you're leading that's leading up to you getting getting married personally if i could plug myself for a second i would say if i had any advice uh it would be to hire a bespoke wedding invitation designer because i am able to make your 
invitations fit the mold of the style of, of wedding that you're going for. And I always say that the invitation or the save the date is the first piece that people see that's related to your wedding. And you want that to be impactful and you want it to be um, a, a taste of what's to come of the event. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good point. I really like those kind of woodsy camp invitations. Have you seen that? Have you done or seen those? Explain it a little bit more. It's like, <laughs> it, it looks like a, uh, like a brochure you'd get at a summer camp. Oh, yes. That I've has seen, a vibe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know. And, and um, I've seen one that's like a, that's like a, exactly what you're saying, a fold out brochure. And it's yeah. like an illustration. Yeah. Of like the, the map and everything. Yes. Those are very, those are very cool. Yeah. yeah. And that also fits your like Asheville aesthetic very well. <laughs> yeah. Not so much downtown Raleigh. <laughs> and that's so. like, I was going to say, and that's where that fits. Like you, yeah. again, like knowing like what bride you have in front of you and you know, are you having a more traditional wedding? You're going to need a traditional invitation. Are you having a more boho style wedding? You're going to, you can play with something boho modern, like, you know, it really is just dependent on the style of decor and the venue and this location that you're going for. And I like, I revel in being able to produce different types of designs for different types of brides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, you know, how photographers are boxed into I'm light and airy. I'm mm-hmm. moody. I I'm everything. Like I'll be your, I'll be your light and airy traditional bride, you know, um, for wedding invitations, I will be your boho bride. Like I, I'm, I'm down. Count me in. Are most of your clients in the triangle? Yes. So, um, I've had, I had a coastal wedding. I had a a wedding in Wilmington and my first wedding that I ever did invitations for was actually for the Outer Banks, which was really cool. And it was one of my friends that was from Raleigh that was getting married in the Outer Banks. Um, I've done, and now we've both done a styled shoot together, but we weren't there, um, uh, in Asheville or Mills river, but I haven't, um, it was the, it was Justin Lord. Yeah. Workshop. Yeah. Like a, I think it's like a, is that a Finnish word or something? Uh, yeah. Icelandic. That sounds right. That sounds like. That sounds about right. Um, yeah. So I did like the three different invitation looks for that wedding. I wedding invitation. Images. Because that's where the ch- I brought the blue truck. The midnight yes. blue truck. There. Yes. So I haven't um, officially been able to do a wedding. I have, and then I have done a Greensboro wedding. So I have like definitely like dabbled around NC State, the state of North Carolina, but I haven't. Um, so as you're far as I know. Up. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, and I've done a Charlotte wedding. Okay. Yeah. I've yet to crack the code on Charlotte. I don't get inquiries there. It's only two hours away for us, but maybe the venues that are like Charlotte are all inclusive and not maybe don't, the truck doesn't even fit inside the venue. I don't know. Like there's right. like downtown Charlotte. Cause a lot of people come from Charlotte to Asheville to get married and likewise right. Raleigh because they want that mountain you know more natural engage with nature kind of venue absolutely absolutely um yes so i'm as far as i know it seems to me like the venues in charlotte as of now are like um the golf course the country club (laughs) i'm not even joking the byzantine is like a hotel hotel 
And that's also, you have to think like, that is kind of the nature of Charlotte. Like Charlotte is a very more like business forward. Um, more formal too. Formal. I was like, yeah, what other words can we use? And the bride that I did was a very traditional bride. So it was a black, white, and gold imitation suite. And it was letterpress and gold foiled uh, with wax seals and fresh greenery. That doesn't fit the uh, vintage truck pouring beer out of the side? Right? No, I I think um, the camp vibe probably fits that. No, I mean... Um, It's pretty dynamic, actually. We did a hotel vip party and parked in their like outdoor patio area and it really looks great against the brick walls and really um, yeah like it, it the trucks are dynamic in that regard the red and black truck however is definitely like the summer <laughs> camp the barn venue you know it's it's definitely a got brewery, the vibes. A brewery wedding that wouldn't fit <laughs> yeah i know they don't brewers don't like <laughs> Um, oh wait wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> i i like them but anyway no not that they don't like me it's just yeah we don't i i don't work i don't bring the truck to breweries because obviously they have draft systems uh yeah i said it i said it and i was like just kidding <laughs> um and then I, I know that you've worked with um the meadows which is like that that's your vibe completely yeah 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 i wish uh raleigh wasn't so far away because I just got an inquiry from Durham, so I'm curious to see who you would who you, you would do really well in Durham. Yeah, yeah, but it's like four and a half hours. <laughs> it's like further than yeah. Charleston is. And and do you charge a um, like I know this is your podcast show, but I have a question. <laughs> do you? Do- <laughs> <laughs> I asked the questions, Kristen. Okay, so, go ahead, go ahead. Um, do you charge a travel fee? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Sure. Yeah, so that's why I've never done anything in Raleigh because the travel fee would be like in the thousands wow you know that's why like you're getting those clients who are like you said who are escaping Asheville to get married escaping Raleigh oh that's what I meant escaping to (laughs) Asheville to get married oh sorry yeah yeah escaping to Asheville yeah we have clients from all over the place um a lot of Florida a lot of Florida people uh we just had a couple from Wilmington uh come up here and get married uh, really all over the place. Um, and some locals, you know, we have a probably half and half, half destination, half local weddings, which is fun. Cause I get to see them out and about, you know, like I'll mm-hmm. see at a bar and see one of my couples or I, I saw one at a, one couple at a brewery the other day. It's just, it's fun to have that, you know, connection to them. Um, but yeah, anyway, you'll have to hit me up when you're visiting next and I can show you the tasting room and um, yeah. So I actually think I have, while we're on the subject, I think I have a bridal client for you. I'm not going to say her name or anything like that on the, <laughs> but I do have a inquiry for you and we're coming up. I want to say in October. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Stop coming so, by the tasting room. Yeah. You can see we're coming, talking. we're coming to visit. Um, they want to inquire about like, um, getting married in the Biltmore. Um, but we definitely would be interested in, um, checking out the space and like if, and there's lots of places that they're looking at not just that place they're looking at places like closer to Raleigh and yeah. um, different types of venues they're really kind of all over but yeah we would um, if it works out for me to be able to go up there with them then we would definitely yeah. love to be able to stop by yeah, yeah that'd be fun and I do have uh, a venue finder service because we don't work at the Biltmore <laughs> so <Right? laughs> do not refer them they are non-existent to me um, 
so we have a lot of great venues up here. And I'd love to, you know, just send some your way based Absolutely. on different qualities that they want in a venue. So Absolutely. Well, we'll have to chat after this as well. Definitely. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Pistons and Prosecco. Is there anything else you want to share before we hop off? Uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'll put the links in there. Don't uh, yeah. Don't CK know. Creations on Instagram. Yeah. And um, if you have any design questions, feel free to DM me, um, even if they're non-wedding related. If you just have a fun question that you want to ask about art or design, um, I always say my DMs are always open. <laughs> right on, Chris. And thanks again for being on here. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much again for having me.